This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, before we get into today's content, if you would, please, if you are listening to this podcast, give us a rating and a review. But guys, I've seen this weird thing happening lately where I'll get these positive reviews, right? So people will be on Apple or some other place that you can leave an actual written review and they'll leave a positive review like, I love the show. I can't wait for it to come out every week, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll give it three or four stars or or maybe even like two stars. It's like, Whoa, wait, wait, <laughs> like, did you, did you hit the wrong button? Like what exactly happened? So guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please go ahead and leave us five stars wherever you are listening to this, if you are able to. Now. For those of you that can kind of tell and maybe listen to me for a long time, I don't sound uh, like I normally do. I'm a little bit under the weather. I've been under the weather most of this week, so we'll do what I can today to make it through, but I'm not really sure if my voice is going to hang on for the long term. So we'll just get into this content because it is important, but I may not be able to go as long as I normally would. But here's the deal. On June the 25th of 2021, okay, just a few weeks ago, that was supposed to be a huge, huge day. A a monumental day, like an earth shattering, maybe even galaxy shattering day, right? It was supposed to be the day that the United States government was going to tell us that we are not alone, right? That they were supposed to confirm with certainty that these unidentified flying objects that people have been seeing, or as they're now being called, unidentified aerial phenomena or UAPs, that they were not of this world. But that didn't quite happen. Okay, so it's taken me a few weeks to get to this content because we've had some other stuff that we need to get out to you guys. But guys, for months leading up to the release of this, the, the, the public was teased about this upcoming report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and what it would contain and, and all these reports about UAPs and different things like that. And, and guys, I just got to be honest with you. I was really excited for this. Because I remember I was actually traveling on, on a speaking gig and I knew that the report was going to be coming out at some point during my travels. And it was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be away from my studio. You know, what if I need to record something right then that day because there's some kind of big earth shattering thing? I mean, I was excited about it, to be honest. And I know a lot of people were looking forward to it because there were a lot of people, whether you're a conspiracy theorist or whether you're just a normal person, it, there was enough in there to where, or you thought there would be enough in this report to at least inform some of the things that you've been thinking right? Or or inform or maybe change some of the ways that you've been going through things. Okay. But on June the 25th of 2021, the office of the director of national intelligence released a report called preliminary assessment, unidentified aerial phenomena. Okay. So before I kind of get into what the report says, and then obviously we're going to talk about what this means for Christians and for Christian thinking, this is kind of what I was expecting to happen with this report. I was expecting it to be a little bit of a dud, right? I don't typically get excited for things. I'm typically more pessimistic in my expectations. So if things go really, really well, then it's like, oh, great. You know, it exceeded my expectations because my expectations were so low. 
But I didn't think that the government was just going to just release this, you know, thousand page document showing all these different things and showing, oh, we definitely know it's not of this world and all these different things, because I just didn't see the U.S. government being keen to do something like that. So, so I wasn't expecting a lot from the report, I guess you could say, but I was expecting maybe a little bit more than what we got. So the intelligence report said that the United States intelligence, you know, groups the people that look at these things that they cannot explain. 143 of the 144 cases of UFO observed and reported by military aircraft from the years of 2004 to 2021. So again, almost every single one of these cases of UFOs or UAPs, as they're now calling it, which by the way, quick side note, if I'm going to use those, those terms interchangeably, because the U S government or people in charge are really trying to get us to say UAPs now, even though for decades we've been saying UFOs, they're talking about the same thing. Okay, they're they're just trying to remove some of the stigma from when people say UFOs, right? Because a bunch of crazy people say UFOs, but I'll just use those interchangeably. But basically, almost 100% of these cases, they can't explain them. The, the one that they could explain, I think they said it was a weather balloon or something that was caught on, you know, military aircraft radar or something like that. But over a span of almost 20 years, there's, you know, over 100 incidences of UAPs or UFOs, and they just can't quite explain it. Now, they do put the potential explanations into five different categories, though. Okay, so the categories are airborne clutter, natural atmospheric phenomena, United States government or industry developmental programs, foreign adversary systems, or other. Okay, so to kind of break those down a little bit, airborne clutter, I'm reading this directly from the report, airborne clutter. These objects include birds, balloons, recreational unmanned aerial vehicles or UAVs or airborne debris like plastic bags. And uh, that muddle is seen and affect the operator's ability to identify true targets such as enemy aircraft. Okay, so that's that. Now we have natural atmospheric phenomena. So natural atmospheric phenomena includes ice crystals, moisture and thermal fluctuations that may register on some infrared and radar systems. Then you have the United States government or industry development programs. So some UAP observations could be attributable to developments and classified programs by U.S entities. We were unable to confirm, however, that these systems accounted for any of the UAP reports we collected. Okay. Then the next one is foreign adversary systems. Some UAP may be technologies developed by China, Russia, other nations, or non-governmental entities. <clears throat> and then other I was going to go and read this to you here. Although most of the UAP described in our data set probably remain unidentified due to limited data or challenges to collection processing or analysis, we may require additional scientific knowledge to successfully collect on, analyze, and characterize some of them. We would uh, group such objects in this category pending scientific advances that allowed us to be to better understand them. The UAPTF intends to focus additional analysis on the small number of cases where UAP appeared to display unusual flight characteristics or signature management. Okay. So those are the categories that the United States government has given us for potentially explaining these other 143 things that have gone up to this point unexplainable. But here's the biggest bummer for nerds and conspiracy theorists alike. The report found no evidence whatsoever of any kind of alien life. I know, I know big letdown, big disappointment. We assumed that there were going to be these green little, you know, non- sexual genitalia having beings walk up to the microphone and say, yeah, we've been here the whole time. Surprise. But you know, nothing of the sort happened, but in summary, they don't really know anything in terms of what they've told us. And we really don't even know how we would be able to know more. They were like, look, we don't even know how we would be able to study these things closer. We have no freaking idea. 
So there are more questions than answers, and at least in terms of what they're releasing, that's all that they're going to give us. Okay. So there was some immediate reaction to the report. So the first thing is that a lot of people didn't know this report was coming, right? So if you're not plugged into the news or plugged into certain podcasts, maybe you didn't even know this report was coming and there was no breaking news anyway. So for a lot of people just right over their heads, you know, they, they weren't even expecting it wasn't even that big of a deal. But then the conspiracy theorists, their reaction to the report was obviously conspiracy cover up, right? Because that's all these people know how to say and do is everything that's plausible is also probable. That's just kind of how these people operate. So of course they were not going to be satisfied with this report. Then you have other people that were really completely overwhelmed and alarmed by the fact that the United States government didn't know what these things were. And a lot of these people, maybe they're government zealots, maybe they're just like true believers in the United States government. These are the people that are probably still walking around, you know, wearing masks because Fauci said you got to wear a mask. Like those people, right? They just believe the United States government is capable of everything, taking care of them, taking care of their loved ones, doing everything better than they could possibly do themselves. They were just overwhelmed that the United States government didn't have all the answers. And there were other reactions, but those are the main ones that I saw. So the report was essentially a dud. But I do remember the lead up to the release of this report causing me personally and some other people in my life to think a lot about UFOs and UAPs and specifically alien life forms. Because as a Christian, you kind of have to reckon with, well, what do I think about this? Sentient, intelligent beings that don't live on this planet, potentially living galaxies away or light years away, coming and visiting us? Like, what, what if this is possible? Because I kind of had to reckon with that because I didn't want to be caught flat-footed if the U.S. government said, yes, these are alien life forms. Uh, these are manned by alien technologies. They're not of this world. There's no way it could be of this world. We don't know what to do with that. <clears throat> right? I mean, that's the beginning of a late 80s alien film is essentially what that looks like. But in terms of what I thought about aliens and UFOs, let's just kind of talk about a little bit of what I thought about all these things prior to this report, because it's kind of easy to categorize people that think of aliens and UFOs often, or that, that love these types of conspiracy theories and put them in a category of crazy people, right? That's kind of easy to do because it's kind of colloquially in, in our modern culture, we can kind of point at those people as like, Oh yeah, you were, you were abducted and probed. I'm sure you were, I'm sure it wasn't just, you know, you were on acid and you drank a lot and then, you know, your friends raped you. Like, you know, of course, of course that's what happened. It was an alien. Yeah. I even have one of my best friends, He's a true believer. Basically, if there's a conspiracy theory, he believes it. Like 100% believes it. He has gone on vacation to Roswell, right? Like him and his wife, like they actually went on a vacation specifically to Roswell to kind of look at the documents and look at all the stuff, right? That's just never been me, right? I've never been too terribly concerned about the concept of aliens. And, you know, to, to be honest, I, I never really had to reckon with the fact that they may or may not even exist. But if you had to put me in a category, I would say, no, I was not a believer in that. Right. So that, that's kind of where I've been. But especially with this podcast and because I feel like I have a responsibility to you guys, there are certain subjects that I don't really care to spend a lot of time thinking about that I will do a lot of thinking about and researching about and reading about so that I can try to formulate something to give to you guys. Because I know a lot of your pastors aren't going to sit there and you know talk to you about a subject like this, even though it may be important to you, right? But I want to kind of talk about now that what should Christians think about this report? But then specifically, I want to get into what should Christians think about UFOs or UAPs and aliens? So let's start with the report. This report is considered, and you can see it right there on the first page of the document and every other subsequent page, it was only a nine-page document. The report says it's unclassified, right? Which means there is likely quite a bit, we can imagine, of information that is still classified. 
Okay. So I, I don't presume to be, or I don't, you know, pretend to be an expert in terms of classifications and government stuff. And, you know, I know some people that work for the military and there's all these different levels of classifications and classified and all these different things. But again, this was a nine page report of the stuff they were willing to tell us. Okay. There's got to be a lot of other stuff out there, right? So as Christians, we, we should recognize that, that there is likely truth out there that we don't know and that we would likely never know. And another thing that we need to think about as Christians is the entrenched bureaucrats in charge of all this intelligence gathering, they're not going to release the information that they have just to appease the public or Congress, right? People are like, oh my gosh, you know, whatever the president says or Congress says, like that's, that's what goes, right? Not necessarily. Like the thing about it is, is if, if you own uh, the intelligence or you man the intelligence for something this big, you think you're going to hand that to someone that might be in office for two years, like people in the house? Or four years like a president or six years like a senator, you're not, you're not just going to hand them the keys to this information. There's this idea about the United States government that there's not actually anyone that's fully in charge because we know Joe Biden's not even in charge of his own brain at this point. The dude's basically barely alive, but there's not like one person that's in charge of all these dark secrets. It's a bunch of different people so that one person can't, you know, be the proprietor of all that information, right? But this idea that these bureaucrats were just going to like bleh, vomit out all this stuff was just silly. Uh, another thing for us to think about as Christians is there is a chance, maybe even a great chance, maybe even the most plausible explanation that this technology that's being seen on all these videos that have been talked about on the Joe Rogan experience and you see on this website or that website, that that technology is ours, the United States government's, and that we just aren't telling anyone. It, it is fully possible. This is not conspiracy theory realm. It is fully possible that us as, as Americans, that we have government agencies that are testing out, you know, supersonic or whatever technologies that can do all these different crazy things. And we haven't told anybody that the joint, the joint chiefs of staff don't know that certainly some pilot in the air force doesn't know. Right. Because if we're going to test these things, wouldn't we test them near us? Right. In our waters or international waters that we basically have control of. Right. So there is a chance this technology is ours. And again, that would not be something that would just be given out there to everybody. Like, hey, we're just going to give out this information about the crap that we're you know, looking to do so we can stay ahead of China. And also, this could just be a part of the U.S. government's plan to flex on our enemies, right? Like that is, that is maybe the most likely thing, right? Because let's say that all of these things are fabricated and we just needed people to kind of go along with it, whether they're in on it or not. But let's say we put something out there that we knew these pilots were going to find. Right. We knew eventually they were going to find these things. They were going to look at them and go, oh, this is crazy. They'll take video of it. They'll go on the news. Maybe these people were, were in on it. Maybe they're not. Who, who knows? But this is just something to say, hey, we're flexing on you, China. We're flexing on you, Russia. Hey, North Korea, Iran, pay attention. We're so far ahead of you. You don't even, you don't even understand how far ahead of you we are. And then there's also the idea that this could be another government flexing on us. All these things are possible, right? So that's what I feel like Christians should think about this report is it doesn't really tell us much of anything, but it does kind of get some of the juices flowing in terms of things that we should be thinking about, right? So now I want to get specifically into what should Christians think about aliens, UFOs, and UAPs, okay? So I think it's easiest to start with UFOs and UAPs, okay? So as Christians, we are to seek truth in all situations, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is truth. 
As Christians, we believe that there's no such thing as my truth or your truth. We don't think the truth is relative. We think that truth is truth. Things are either true or they're not. Okay? So UFOs or UAPs, they either exist or they don't. Okay? Now, what we can see from the different people that have kind of come out and said, hey, and these are people that seemingly have unimpeachable character, right? You know, they have decades in the military and, you know, why would they lie? You know, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you have a reason why you think that they might. But these might be real things. But you do have to ask yourself, in terms of these UFOs and UAPs, what is more likely, okay, that people actually saw UAPs or that they didn't? You have to reckon with that question. Is it more likely that people actually saw what they saw or that they didn't? And when you dig into that question, you know, you can say, hey, these, these people are not crazy people. They, they don't, they're not writing a book. They're not trying to make money off this. They're not trying to get a Netflix deal. Like, they, may, they saw what they saw. But then you have to dig a level deeper and say, do they even know what they saw? Can they fully explain what they saw in any type of a truth form? Can they say without a shadow of a doubt, 100%, this is what I saw and this is what it did? Because a lot of people will look at a situation and they think that they're looking at it clearly. So this might seem like a silly example, but it's just the one that kind of popped into my mind. So you see people, so uh, there there was a story, someone, I forget the guy's name, but he was on Dan Crenshaw's podcast, but he was basically talking about, he was flying in first class. He was sitting next to Dan Crenshaw because Dan Crenshaw had been uh, upgraded or whatever. And he was the only black guy that was in first class. And he ended up being the last guy served in the first class, you know, cabin area, right? So he automatically assumed that it was because he was black. But... This individual actually asked the stewardess and said, hey, you know, um, is there a reason as to kind of who you serve and and kind of in what order? And the stewardess basically explained to him, yes. And she kind of explained like the how she goes through the cabin and in the most efficient way to serve that entire population. And he just so happened to be the guy sitting in the seat that was going to be served last. So he assumed based on what he saw that he's a black man, he's being discriminated against. Right. But there was a better. There was a better reason for that. There was a, a congressman in Georgia, uh, you know, a state congressman that, you know, was pulled over for his front, he- front uh, license plate not being there and for some other infractions, a suspended license, and he automatically assumed it was because he was a black guy. Okay, again, I know that's not what we're talking about today. This isn't another Race in America series, but these are people that are seeing things with their eyes and they assume that they know exactly what the reason is, right? So to kind of, you know, back into what we're talking about right now, these people saw something but they don't know exactly what they saw. They don't know exactly how to think through that. So what is more likely that they actually saw it or that they didn't. And the next thing for us to really reckon with as Christians in terms of UFOs and UAPs is what's more likely that these real UAPs were manned by aliens or by humans on this earth. What's more likely? Because we love the grandiose thing, right? We, we, we love the most insane example. We love the alien example, right? Because, you know, all our favorite movies, you know, they kind of come to us and it's like, oh, finally. And if you're a conspiracy theorist and if you're a true believer, it's like, oh, this is finally the thing. But what's more likely? That these are manned by aliens or manned by humans? And I would think for us, if we're being honest intellectually, that obviously it's more likely that these are manned by humans. Whether they're in the device, the the phenomena, or outside of it, right? 
Perhaps there is drone technology and all these different technologies. And, and when you see these people, especially on the Joe Rogan experience or something like that, and they're like, oh, well, you know, this, this technology is hundreds of years past what we could possibly imagine right now. Well, yeah, 15 years ago, the iPhone was 20 years beyond what we could possibly, or like hundreds of years beyond what we could possibly imagine, right? So these people, they're just throwing out numbers to sound smart. They don't actually know. But I'm not as concerned mainly about UFOs and UAPs because I'm assuming there's ways for those things to be explained and there are more earthly things that can be explained. I want to talk about the concept of aliens, right? And again, I'm probably going to give it a little bit short shrift. And to be honest with you guys, leading up to this podcast, I went deep. Oh my goodness. Like I went way deep into the subject matter. I was off in the weeds. I couldn't believe some of the stuff that I was reading and listening to. Like, okay. I saved you from having to do a lot of that, but I, I tried to bring together and coalesce all these things into something that could potentially be cogent enough for you to understand using your reasonable brain. Okay. So let's, let's talk about aliens, Christians. Okay. The first thing I want to talk about is the chance of the existence of alien life forms is incredibly li- unlikely, incredibly unlikely, but it's not zero. Okay. It's not zero because again, we don't know. Because I, I read some Christian blogs and watched some Christian videos and different creationist things, all these different things, and they're like, it's not possible. It's not possible that aliens could exist. But these people didn't know that. They were arguing that, but they didn't know that. And this leads to the next thing, is because a lot of Christians, most of the arguments I saw, okay, they say, the Bible doesn't mention aliens explicitly, so aliens could not possibly exist. Now, I hate that argument. I don't like that argument at all. And it's not just because it's not a strong argument. It's just because it leaves out so many different things because basically if somebody were to challenge you on that, it wouldn't take them very long. Cause you know what it doesn't mention in the Bible? It doesn't mention microphones. It doesn't mention water bottles. It doesn't mention hardback books or highlighters or pins or anything. It doesn't mention a myriad of things, but those things still exist. So if you, if your main argument is the Bible doesn't talk about aliens, so they couldn't possibly exist, you're opening yourself up to somebody with a seventh grade education, destroying your argument. So I don't like that. Now the Bible does a lot of things for us. It informs a lot of things. So I've used this example before. The Bible doesn't describe nuclear weapons, but it does inform us how they should be used more than likely, right? You, you can surmise things from scripture and apply that to weaponry. You can apply it to a myriad of different subject matters, right? So I don't like that argument, okay? The the, the argument just falls apart way too easily, okay? Because this is where I would probably go with something like this. God could have created other life forms in his image or even not in his image and not explicitly told us about it in the Bible. Now, I don't think that that's incredibly likely, but it's at least possible, right? It's possible. And for us as Christians, the potential existence of aliens changes nothing about what the scripture tells us about God's ultimate creation, which is us, human beings, going right back to Genesis. Because these things, and, and I know these, these arguments make people uncomfortable, but they're, they're not able to be completely eradicated. The argument that these aliens, these potentially sentient beings or something like that, they could just be other animals, right? They're like cosmic giraffes or zebras or something like that, right? Again, I don't necessarily agree with these arguments, but these are arguments that can't fully be destroyed. So the the potential existence of them doesn't really change a whole lot for us. 
Because here's the big thing that I saw, especially when I was going through stuff in the Christian space, is that a lot of people were assuming that the entire knowledge of God, because you have to assume the entire knowledge of God to assume that he would tell us everything about everything. Because when you say, hey, the Bible doesn't say it, so it couldn't be there, you're assuming that God put the entire knowledge of the entire universe into the Bible. And I'm not, I'm not talking bad about the Bible by any stretch of the imagination. It just doesn't describe everything that's ever been created. Like, it's not a reference book for all of creation. It would be impossible for, for this Bible <laughs> to, to have all those things in it. It's just not, it's not thick enough. It's just not possible, right? And so that's the thing that I want people to kind of understand is we want to go into these moments where we make these grandiose statements, where, where we assume that we have the key, like we have the decoder ring to kind of explain everything in the universe, and we simply don't. And I think there's a beauty in that. Because again, the human brain is, is very limited. It is, it is vast and incredible, but it is an incredibly limited thing. So could we possibly even handle the knowledge of God? Scripture tells us we can't even handle seeing God. And somehow we can just handle everything that he's ever done in creation. It's silly. So to kind of bring this into, into summary, there's a lot of things I want to kind of throw at you. Is The first thing is that just because something is plausible doesn't mean it's probable. That's mainly to those of you out there that are, you know, taken in by a lot of conspiracy theorists or it's conspiracy theories. Rather, you think that something is probable just because it's plausible. And I know some people that I love personally. I love these men. I would do anything for them. Right. But they believe that 9-11 was an inside job. Because it's plausible. Even though it's highly unlikely and makes almost no sense on any planet, they think that the United States government murdered thousands of its own citizens just so that they can get into a 20-plus year war over the Middle East. Over oil or something, right? The, the arguments always fall apart and end up going into rabbit trails, but, you know, whatever. Just because something's plausible doesn't mean it's probable. That should be easy to, to kind of come up with in, in your own brain, but a lot of people just struggle with that. The next thing is just because we can't explain it doesn't mean it can't be explained. So that's always the thing. That's always the, someone says, oh, and we can't even explain where this came from. Ooh, like that's supposed to like, you know, shake us all to our core. Oh, well, you can't explain why something like that happened. Well, it is explainable. And I can already hear people right now that are kind of on the more atheistic side. It's like, well, Kyle, you say that, you know, when, when someone is uh, miraculously healed from cancer or some other physical ailment, that that's probably God is probably a miracle. Yes, but I also believe that God created the physical world and created a means by which we can explain the physical world, world and the things that happen therein. That's science. I don't believe that Christianity or, or faith in God and science are, are two things that can't be beside one another. I think that they're all intertwined. God gave us the means by which to explain his tremendous creation, right? So just because we can't explain it right now doesn't mean it's not explainable. And also, just because we don't understand it, it doesn't automatically mean that it's not of this world. That's the thing is immediately when people are like, oh, 143 of the 144 things can't be explained. So obviously it's alien technology. It's like, did you just skip over like 74 steps before you just went straight to, yeah, probably aliens. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy for a lot of people. They just, they, they want it to be true. So that's where they're going. They're going to put all the effort into doing that. 
But guys, just because we don't understand it right now doesn't automatically mean that it's not of this world. There are things, again, there have been, you know, rocks found on this planet that were from other planets, right? You know, maybe a meteor hit Mars and then shot some stuff into the atmosphere and it eventually trickles down and hits Earth. Like those are things that we can actually explain. But just because we can't explain some sort of phenomena that comes up on an Air Force guy's radar doesn't mean that it's an alien. But guys, for those of you that have hung on, this is the main crux of all of this. And to be honest, this is just something that I kind of came to recently. And I'm actually a little bit embarrassed that I didn't really come to this realization well before the, the time that I did. But it's this. Even if there are aliens, right? Which again, I, I don't think that there are. Even if there are aliens, that changes nothing about the salvation that is offered by Jesus' sacrifice. Changes nothing. God still sent Jesus to earth, put him in the womb of a virgin. He lived a perfect, sinless life, and in his early 30s began his earthly ministry, right? His public earthly ministry. He still had his 12 apostles. He he was still framed by the Jewish authorities. He was still murdered by the Roman authorities. He was put on the cross, he died, and three days later, he rose again. And he was seen by hundreds of people after he had been resurrected. And he was sent here to die and was resurrected for our benefit. Okay? So, your belief in aliens, right, or UFOs or whatever, is not a salvific issue, right? Unless you're going way off the deep end, which I did find some of those people, right? But for most of you... Your opinion one way or the other doesn't change anything. It certainly doesn't change the reality of what Jesus came here to do. And so I don't think a lot of you guys should be supremely worried about this because let's say it's full on and I don't watch a whole lot of science fiction, but pick your favorite science fiction film about, you know, aliens coming here to destroy everything, right? Independence Day, whatever that is. First one I can think of, right? Even if that were to happen. You know, we have aliens, you know, coming on these Death Star-like ships. We have them coming out of the ocean, which is what some people think that they're down in the ocean, like, you know, taking care of business down there. And let's say they're here to take over, right? Does that mean Jesus didn't come? Does that mean that we no longer have to abide by what the Bible tells us in, in terms of what is right and wrong? Does that mean that the resurrection didn't happen? All the arguments that you know and all the historicity around the resurrection of Jesus Christ from Nazareth, does all that just not exist anymore? Again, this is a popular thing for people to talk about and to be obsessed about, but it changes nothing. It's a fun topic to talk about, but it changes nothing. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost at Undaunted Life. Our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So what I have for you today is I have the actual report for you. So this is the Office of the Director of National Intelligence Preliminary Assessment Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. It's a nine-page report. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's incredibly boring, but it's there if you want to listen to it or if you want to read it, it's right there for you. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Again, wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a five-star review. If you want me to come speak at your live event or on your podcast, email me at info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok and like us on Facebook. Check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming. Just go to www.undaunted.life. We also want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The intro 
outro track on this podcast is their song Cutting the Ties, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording of their album Leveler. The links to everything are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep pushing back darkness, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, keep seeking the Lion of Judah.